Alright, um, I started recording. So, congratulations, Luke. Um, I started the recording. Also, this recording is available on Google, Podcasts, iTunes, Spotify, and Anchor. Uh, the name is The Mark B. Stud. We post pretty much every recording that we record or remember to record. There's some nights that we don't record anything, and that's just how it is. If you ever say something or want to talk about something that you want to talk about but don't want recorded, just like let somebody know during or after. Yeah, and then we'll stop recording and we can talk about it. Uh, this is just like for those who can't be here, like Colin is in Ireland. Uh, he's probably going to listen to this. He is. Call out on the three times today. Hey, Colin. Uh, let me I know love what's you. Up. <laughs> <laughs> I love you and I miss you. I'm uh, talking directly to you, Colin Bosno. Um, <laughs> let's pray. I'm gonna, I'm gonna pray. It's alright, that was, can pray. it is better when somebody else is saying. Father, we love you and we thank you. Uh, you are good, you are holy, you are worth it. Um, thank you for bringing us all here tonight. Thank you for um, ordaining this meeting, this time, and this place. Um, Holy Spirit, thank you for your presence. Thank you for your power. Uh, I pray that everything that is spoken is exactly what you want, nothing more, nothing less. I pray your anointing of the conversation. I pray um, your boldness and your submission um, for what you have for us tonight. Soften our hearts, open our minds. Uh, let us not walk out here the same as we came. Amen. Uh, so we're going to be talking about, well, first scripture, Hebrews 6.1. He's got it. Come on, let's go. What is this? <laughs> I got it. Therefore, let us leave the elementary doctrine of Christ and go on to maturity, not laying again a foundation of repentance from dead works and a faith towards God. Do you want me to keep going? Because you didn't. Is that just the first one? Yep. Uh, finish the elementary. <laughs> That's what Bob did last night. Um, and of instruction about washings, laying on of hands, the resurrection of the dead, and eternal judgment. So in in Hebrews, um, Paul's like, sorry, it's not Paul. Paul's not the author of Hebrews. We're not sure who the author is. Uh, some people think it is actually a woman whom Paul discipled. But I don't have any more information than that. So the author of Hebrews uh, is writing... Is that Hebrews or Romans? What I just read. Did Paul write Romans? I don't know. Doesn't matter. So in Hebrews, he's all like, um, whoever the author is, I'll look it up later, probably just because I'm curious. Um, they're like, so surely you don't need more instruction in the basic foundations, the elementary principles, the basic doctrines. And Paul wrote Paul wrote Hebrews? Mm, the intro of Hebrews says that they, the author and the audience are not specified for either. Nice. But Paul wrote Romans. Okay, so Paul wrote Romans, Paul did not write Hebrews, we don't know who wrote Hebrews. But it's also argued that. Oh, sorry, Paul. I didn't finish. I, I don't read the sentence wrong, sorry. Okay, so I was right. It wasn't Paul. <laughs> That's cool. Now that we've gone in circles about that for now, now that we have distracted enough <laughs> <laughs> with that. Um, the author of Hebrews 
like honestly I'm just really thankful that they didn't stop there like surely we don't need like go with the basic doctrines again and then like just didn't name them um, because I think it's really helpful because they're like surely you don't need more instruction on and they named the five basic elementary principles um, so I okay I group them in five other people group them in six it doesn't really matter but it's like repentance from dead works and faith in God laying out of hands, baptisms, uh, eternal judgment, and then the resurrection of the dead. So we're talking about it because it's one of the five foundational principles that's talked about in the first part of Hebrews 6. And later, right there, um, Paul writes, if the Lord permits to teach about more mature and advanced doctrine, and so I'm just going to be like straight up and honest with you guys. Um, I don't feel the Lord would permit us to go to more advanced doctrine until we hit the five foundations. I feel like that's okay and I feel like that makes sense. So somebody hit me up with Acts 20, 9 through 12. As Paul spoke on and on, a man named Eticus? Eticus. Eticus. Eutychus? <laughs> no, Is it Eutychus? A young man. <laughs> became became very drowsy. Finally, he fell asleep, fell sound asleep, and dropped and dropped three stories to his death below. Paul went down and woke him and took a look into his took, and took him into his arms. Don't worry, he said, he's alive. Then they all went back upstairs, shared in the Lord's supper, and ate together. Paul continued talking to them until dawn. Then he left. Meanwhile, the young man was taken home alive and well. Everyone was really um, So, talking about resurrection of the dead, um, Eutychus tried to die to escape Bible study. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> I put that in there as a joke, honestly. Um, I thought about asking for a volunteer. <laughs> Uh, just so you know, though, uh, Paul was not one of the original 12 disciples called by Jesus. Uh, he had his road to Damascus conversion experience. And yet here he is um, raising a man from the dead. That just means it's not just for Jesus and it's not just for the 12. It is for every believer. Um, even Paul, who was not the ideal Christian um, for most of his life, uh, he killed a whole bunch of Christians, uh, was... Um, the Pharisee's Pharisee, and a very, uh, he was in the camp that Jesus Christ was a blasphemer, and very vocally and outwardly so. Just saying, it's not about your qualifications or what you've done. You can still raise people from the dead. Um, now we're actually going to get into it a little bit more of what I wanted to hit as far as resurrection of the dead goes uh, for tonight. Um, First John 5, 12. Okay. Who is it that overcomes the world except the one who believes that Jesus is the Son of God? Whoever has the Son has life. Whoever does not have the Son of God does not have life. What is that? ESV. No, no, I was just reading it, so I would hope. But what verse is that? First John 1, 5. Or 5, 12. No. Did you remember John? I've got it. It might be John instead of first John. 
Of your flesh, God made alive together with him, having forgiven us all our trespasses. 
So I'm just gonna ask a pretty leading question, but I feel like if I'm open about it, it's less shifty. Uh, does that sound like Resurrection of the Dead? Read it again. And you who were dead, your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made alive together with him, having forgiven us all our trespasses. Are we, like, are we okay with that? Yeah. All right, let's keep rolling. John 6.33. For the bread of God is the bread that comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. So, what gives life to the world? What gives life to the world? The bread of God. Cool. What's that? Not a trick question. Jesus. What gives life to the world? Yeah. 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 Um, and like that concept of like 
to not be able to breathe, to not have the spirit, to not have the thing that gives you life. Like, just as, I don't know, I really like that the Greek has, like, a pretty direct translation of spirit as the thing that gives life. Yeah, so that word that she's referencing is pneuma. Um, in the New Testament Greek, it's breath and spirit. So, I don't know. That was just to give context for the biblical definitions. Honestly, like that was what that side is about. And, like, talking about, like, creation and stuff, like, breath of the spirit, like, life it's given to human like man um and that's one of the things that separates us from the rest of creation so it's like the that? only thing yeah <laughs> yeah so in the creation story that is true uh god spoke into being every other being like on the earth or whatever um and then he breathed life into the nostrils of man so that's why people are different Uh, well, the e comes for what? Yeah, yeah probably. It's I don't like, speak Greek. When it says like he breathed, it's kind of like he breathed himself into man in a way, because that was before we were separate from him. Like in the beginning. I think so. So like he breathed his spirit. Right. And then death happened when we were separate. Because what brought death into the world? Sin. So before sin, was there death? Was there life? Given by what? God through his breath. We're following? Yeah. So to be dead is to not have the breath of God inside of you. John 10.10. 10. Wait. Sorry, so, um, are, are we, um, equating the, uh, breath of God to the spirit? Is, is that what? Yes. That's okay. Great. <laughs> I, if, if that was explained earlier, sorry. Yes. Yeah, that's good. Let's make it explicit. That's fine. Yeah. The thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. I come that you may have life and have it abundantly. Uh, who is I? Is it written in red? I would assume, yeah. Jesus. Jesus. <laughs> so, what does the thief do? What does Jesus do? Second Corinthians 5.17 Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away, the old the new has come. Does that make sense? The old has passed away. Um, if if you've been living under a rock, that is a euphemism for die. What? It was just nothing. No, yeah. Right. No, you're right. Like it was just like away, yeah. The way you said it. The way you said it was yeah. <laughs> In case you didn't know, <laughs> that means die. Right. So the old man has died. And then what happens to the dead thing? It becomes alive. What is a word for something that was dead and is now alive? Resurrection. Resurrection. 
For anyone who is in Christ, he is a new creation. He has been resurrected. Are we, are we like, okay, they're like, I'm drilling this in with like scripture after scripture after scripture? Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's what I do. That's fine. Every single week. Not just you, like, that's just kind of like what we do every single week. So. Right on. Romans 6 5. Joined in life. What comes before life? Death. Death of what? Self before Christ. Spirit of God. Yeah, what did you just say? Spirit of God. Literally 
But so, uh, later. Yeah. They stoned, okay, so again, the debate's kind of out, but there was a story where he was stoned to death, and then everybody just like picked him up, brought him out of the city, prayed over him, and he just like got up and went back in. Um, so. Sorry. No, that's, so he, he might have died. We're not sure that scripture isn't clear. Um, but he, did he literally die on the road to Damascus? No. Are we okay that Paul was like being like metaphorical? Is that is that cool? Mm -hmm. That's necromancy. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Romans ten nine. Can I declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. So this is like a Bible verse that like every little kid in church is supposed to memorize for Bible points. Uh, real quick, read Romans 10.10. 10. For with the heart man believeth of unrighteousness, with without confession, it is made unto salvation. Read it in something that makes sense. Okay, I'm just pulling it up from the... I don't know. <laughs> Was that the KJV grind? <laughs> That's what I have when my brother was here. That's alright. I, I, I don't know. I think some things the KJV puts. For with the heart one believes is justified, and with the mouth one confesses is saved. Um, with the mouth one confesses is saved, and then if you believe in your, and, you, and you confess, you will be saved. So, the English translates two different words uh, as saved. I don't know if I spelled these right. I don't speak Greek. Um, but the word in the Romans 10.9 is sozo, which actually more accurately means brought back to health. Or like brought back to, it's like recovered. Almost. So like, I don't know if you get really sick and you almost die. I had swine flu when I was 12. Uh, we were in a 106.5. I didn't put in an ice bath to survive. That is something I would compare sozo to. Because I almost died, and then I recovered, and now I'm here today. But it probably stunted my growth. And then Soteria. <laughs> it's why you lift so freaking much. <laughs> <laughs> you knew you assumed that you knew you had that. I, I, I think about that a lot. <laughs> you only have like this much to go down. I know, but like, okay, my brother was 5'8", though. Like, he's 5'8", five, 5'9". Okay, hey, my sister's like 6'1", I'm 5'4". But I'm just like wondering, like, if I didn't have swine food. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we all we are very glad that you were saved and recovered. Yes. Thank you. Or at least I am. Uh, and then the other word in verse 10 is soteria. And so that has like the more direct connotation of uh, after you die, where you go, are you faced with perdition and weeping and gnashing your teeth, or... Eternal, not that. That's, that's honestly about as close as we get. Do, are you with the Father when you die, or are you not? Is the most specific that I can be. So, with Sozo, um, there is a much larger connotation with the resurrection of the dead. But the thing is, Romans 9 and 10 are very parallel verses. So, recovery back to health. Life 
instead of death is parallel with eternally being with the Father. Are we okay with that? Yes, yeah. All right, thank you. Matthew 16, 24, and 25. Your faith out of becoming a rule book um, and becoming condemning also is like. 
Psalms 37, but the, where it says, like, he will give you the desire to be heard. And the yeah. way I've always understood this verse is, like, the more you, quote-unquote, die to yourself, like, your desires will become his. Like, yeah, you know, like, God, you like saying, God will like, set the desires of your Yeah, like, yeah. Um, and That's then it also true. says, like, more of him and less of you. Right. It's that, that refining the fire, that process. Yeah. Also, I wanted to throw out uh, James 3.14. But if you have bitter jealousy and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not boast and be false to truth. Is that not? That's not what I wanted. <laughs> what is what you want? Uh, worldly ambition is demonic. It's close to that, I think. I? Um, this is not wisdom that comes from down, down from above, but is earthly and spiritual and demonic. You're all doing it in that Such wisdom does not come down from heaven, but is earthly and spiritual. I mean, I think you're like really close to directly quoting it, but I don't remember where it is. It's in James. It's fake. It could be totally wrong. It's 15. What was it? Verse 15. That's what I Yeah. Yeah. Something about worthy ambitions of the mind. That's the phrases. Is it not 15? Does, does anyone uh, know how many Greek words there are for dead? If there are more than one? Yeah, there's a few, but most of them have like more direct English translations, um, like decay, corruption, uh, spoiled. They have like they have a very decomposing is another one, uh, but most of them just like literally mean the absence of life is the one that's most commonly used in these.
So it would be okay if that's what the text says, and then from that we say worldly ambition is therefore demonic. Even if you add Uh, for where jealousy and selfish ambition exist, there will be disorder in every vile practice. And that's a good thing to always Once you 
Right. So my thought is more of like the, the spirit that should not have been you with you in the first place is removed to you, whether we think that is a debt to that spirit or not, I don't know how much that matters. But one way or the other is removed from yeah. you so your spirit but, can be alive. Yeah, and that that was to say the way so I was trying to track it Michelle, I was like, okay, physical death or spiritual death. Like that's right. kind of the distinction yeah. I make. But So it's the removal of the spirit of the world from you and the insertion so is, is that is that like what <laughs> the concept of, of the old man dying in the birth? Yes. Not yes. Birth, but yes. like God. What is? What are we talking about? Oh, what? That's in John three. Nicodemus, yeah. Nicodemus. Oh yeah, we're gonna get there. Okay, okay. Yep. Imagine. Sorry, I was just. Uh, Philippians one twenty one. For me to live is Christ, and to die is gain. So, just like, it, so, pretty much everything, um, as God would have it, is opposite to the way that we think it would be. So, like, death is life, and life as we would have it is death, because we are of the spirit of the world, um, corruption of the blood, and by the entrance of sin, uh, God also says the wisdom of the world, uh, he will put to shame by the foolish things of this world. So, again, God's a God of opposites, I think. And to die is to gain. That sounds totally opposite to what, what most people think or know. And it's not. That's why I put that in there. Uh, finish it up with good old... Instagram bio verse. John three sixteen. From the dark. Now say like intelligently. From the dark. Okay, so like in in like young church, um, we had a song. John 3.16 says that God so loved the world he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him shall never die but have eternal life. It has a chorus. What's the chorus? He is the way, he is truth, he is the life. So put your faith in Jesus Christ and your soul will never die. Your soul or your spirit? meanings for the words. 
So for believes, uh, the translator had this word pistio. And so when we say believes, we mean think exists. Like, do you believe in Jesus? Well, yeah, I do. I mean, like, Jesus was around. Like, there's, there's, there's like, yeah, exactly. And so that belief is not this belief. This belief means to put your trust into, to put your confidence in, to allow it to sustain you, to allow it to bear weight. This speaks of trust and faith, not just a simple recognition of existence. Next one, Monogenes. He gave his only son. Somebody read for me Galatians 4, 4 and 5. of time had come, God sent forth his son, born of woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law so that we might receive adoption as sons. Adoption as sons. Adoptions as sons makes us sons and daughters. Are we okay with that? So is Jesus Christ the only son of God? No. But that's what John 3.16 says. Have we found an inconsistency in the Bible? Not here. Montagenes? However you say it, it doesn't matter. It means unique and particular of its kind. Would we say that Jesus Christ is kind of particular of his kind as the Son of God? Are we like, are we okay with that? So this is honestly where I think the KJV does a good job. Because they say the only begotten Son. Whereas the rest of us are simply adopted. Because they understood the connotation of the Greek. Cool? What does begotten mean? Birth. Born. Birth. Gotcha. So, Bring into existence by the process of reproduction. Did so. you just read that or say that off the top of your head? I read it. Oh. So I was so impressed <laughs> when you said it off the top of your head. Like, wow, that was so professional. It's the exact distinction between it's the like past participle having a, a blood dead. child and having an adopted child. Yeah, because the blood child was the begotten one. It's funny because the blood of man was corrupted when the entrance of sin, and then the blood child of God, the begotten child of God, was uncorrupted. A synonym of beget, is that how you say it? Yeah. Is procreate. Actually, it's pronounced bejee. <laughs>
who know anything about Greek roots, uh, neos has to do with temporal time and the passage of such. And so ion neos is literally without the passage of temporal time. So when we say eternal life, what do we all think? We're like, oh, we're going to live forever. No, not what that means. Because forever would be, what, a passage of time, an expanse of time. So what this means is literally life without time. Like time does just not exist anymore. I kind of feel like forever is similar to the word infinity, where it kind of transcends time in numbers. Like, no one can that. Yeah, I think it's just about defining it the way we define infinity instead of like until the end of time. I'm talking like, so you're in second grade, yeah. and you're being mean to somebody else, and you say, you're down times infinity plus one, whatever you say. Uh, that times, times infinity one, is like what I imagine our like understanding of eternal is. Mm-hmm. Like, I have a story about infinity after Bible study if anyone wants to hear it. Okay. Well, you want to record it? I have a story that's <laughs> outside of time after Bible study. I'm just kidding. Except not. <laughs> um, it's, it has to do with the concept so, uh, of infinity so versus um, like how we measure infinity because it's wrong. used in high okay. <laughs> Just don't ask. No, I am going to ask you. After you said that, I can't, yeah, you can't say something like that and That's say, like, just don't ask. Of course I'm going to ask. <laughs> right. um, anyway, back to eternal. Eternally, eternal life is life that is above or outside of time. So God is of himself self-existent. He does not need anything else to sustain his existence. We are not self-existent. We breathe, we drink water. Uh, If you haven't been drinking water, please hydrate, it's important. Make sure you drink water and hydrate. We eat food. But beyond that, our entire concept of existence revolves around our perception of time. I, I explained this with somebody. I don't remember who it was. Was that Miranda? Yeah, and I've been thinking about it since, and like my mind's still blown about no, I, that. I thought it was that. But like, even the passage of time that it takes a photon to bounce off of something and then translate itself into your eyes, you see the past. You perceive with the passage of time in the past. Sound waves travel with speed over time. You don't hear things when I say them, you hear them after I say them. Your concept of existence is is bound by time. God, however, is not bound by time. And the life that he gives is above and without time. Are we cool with that? So for God so loved the world, he uses the word agape for that. Um, I have a whole thing about the words that we use uh, and over-spiritualizing those for love. Another thing. But he loved that he gave. Agape is a selfless love that desires the best for the receiving party. For God so loved the world that he gave his only unique son, the only blood child that he had so that whoever 
puts their trust, faith, and confidence in the Son, what did the Son do? Die. Die. Whoever believes in the crucifixion will not also die, but have life that is above time. The resurrection of the dead is an elementary principle of the faith because it speaks of dying to the spirit of the world and receiving the spirit of God. And in doing so, having the life that is above time, that is more abundant, that is worth breathing for. All of this begs the question, if you do not have the spirit, are you living or are you honestly just breathing and existing? I think there's a very clear distinction made by all of these that there is that there is a difference between existing and living. You can just breathe and then die. And then I don't really know what happens. Or you can die right now, and then I do know what happens. If you spiritually die right now. No. Not out the window and then we go get you and bring it back. Okay. Yeah, if you die right now, I do know what happens. I'm going to go get you, pull you back up, and then keep teaching until dawn. <laughs> I won't be here till dawn and they die. Please. <laughs> if you spiritually die to yourself and put your faith in the crucifixion of Christ, in the penance for sins, but beyond that, the adoption into sonship or childhood. I say sonship because I'm a guy. It just makes sense to me, but I just realized that I think there are three of us. Because it's a legal term. Yeah. It's just, it's like airhood almost. Yeah. Air spelled H E I R. If you believe in that, if you put your trust in that, if you put your confidence in that and not your own spirit that has been corrupted by the world and your existence in the world, then you will have life and life more abundant. Are we okay with that? Do we see that in the Bible? Is that there in the Bible? Are you okay with my definition for one of the five elementary principles? Are you okay with how I got there? Are we okay with spending a little bit more time on John 3.16 and kind of honestly thinking about the things that we say? It is not just enough to believe Jesus Christ existed and died for your sins. To live, you have to die. Right before this, he's talking to Nicodemus. He said, whoever wants to follow me must be born again. Nicodemus is like a scholar, and he's like, that doesn't make any sense. You're honestly kind of insane. What am I supposed to do? Go back into my mother's womb? I'm like 40 years old. Jesus said, no, that's obviously not what I'm talking about. And he said this. I've taught, are you born again before? I honestly have. And if I felt permitted to go on some more teaching... I would do that. We'd be talking about John 21 and the difference between philia and agape and if there is a difference at all. But I'm not going to go there. 
because we need to sit on the elementary principles as a community and probably as a whole bunch of individual believers. So, Molly, Juliet, and Kylie, would you guys be open to praying for what with people walking through it? Yeah. What was it? Yeah. Whatever they need to pray for. But like honestly too, if somebody wants to do that like little step they take and they say, Okay, I've been just believing Jesus existed. I have not been trusting him, I have not been putting my confidence in him. Walk them through what that looks like. Walk them through the words to say, the things to do. Uh, if you want to do it the way you did it, that's cool. If you want it, be led by the Spirit. But honestly, we're going to spend some time in individual prayer. And there's not going to be... I'm going to stop recording. If you want to talk to me, I'm absolutely here. I will also pray with you. Um, but Molly, Juliet, and Kylie... Um, are the three that I just picked because I trust them and I love them. And they will be, what, at a corner? 